I'm looking past you, but also not past you all at the same time. Sorry, we're late to everybody online. Uh, can you hear me okay? Can you give me a wave or something? Tell me you can hear me. I can hear you. Okay. Yep. Good. Oh, I can't see that far. Thought I could see it from here, but I can't. <laughs> Hey guys, Hello. here we are, first day. For some of you, this is first day, you have no idea what you're in for, and for others, you're going, okay, day one, here we go, right? Uh, we are so excited for we. I say we a lot, I just mean me. Uh, I'm going to do that all year, and I've been asked many times, who is the we behind Corpus? It's just me, actually. So... Um, yeah, and when you're, not always, but I would say 98% of the time, if you're emailing Corpus or anything, you're also talking to me. So tricky, that 2%, you might, you know, you might feel embarrassed by that, but otherwise you're, you're fine. Just uh, say, hey, Rob, that's fine. Um, okay, I would love to pray with you all before we get started. Uh, and then we're going to talk some details and uh, go through the journal and kind of give you a rundown on what the year looks like. We're going to talk phase one and phase two. The reason we do it all together uh, on this class and the final class is because predominantly because you're actually doing this together. So though you're not in the same classes, your topics are different. Everything you're doing morning and evening on the daily prayer is the same. So you will be praying the same. You will be following the same rhythms as, as everyone in phase one and phase two together. So we do this together, uh, whether we're in the same room or not. Uh, it's one of the beauties of, hey, Sammy, come on in. Don't worry about it. We literally just started, so you're fine. A um, couple things to note as we, uh, just before we pray. Microphones in the room. Uh, I, those are going to get situated to wherever they're in the middle. So if you try and get away, we're going to move them closer to you. Uh, it's just the way it works. The purpose is, is we've got a few people joining us online. And uh, as we did last year, same deal. Uh, they can only hear if it's mic'd. And so sometimes I'll have to repeat just because if you're talking quiet or it was a quick statement, you know, the internet can be laggy here and there. Uh, so online, if you ever don't hear anything and you need to hear it, you're welcome. You know, just yell out, please. Can you repeat that? I, I would be glad to. Um, also, any questions or anything, whether you're in person or online, you are welcome to ask them. That means interrupt me because you're not understanding whatever it is. I am interactive by nature. I can just talk and talk and talk and talk as I am currently doing. I said I was going to pray and I'm still talking. Uh, <laughs> just realized that. So this is what it's like to be in Corpus with me. Um, but... I want to be interactive. So there will be times where I'll just wait in silence until you actually respond or say something. And there will be times where I'll just expect you to butt in if you don't understand or you need to. I will read the facial expression. We had that a few times through the year with different students. If I hear you see you go, what? I'll stop and say, 
what was the what for? I, I want to I hear that. Not because I'm embarrassing you, but because none of this is like, you're never going to get through all of this and have it all be normal. You won't. None of us, for none of us is it that way. Every time I study these classes, doesn't matter how many years I do it, every time I study it, I'm like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And I need to repent now. Like, it's like every time that's where the Lord does with me as I lead into teaching. That's just the fun of it. It, it is, uh, the Lord's going to take us into some deep places and expand our picture of him, expand our relationship with him and our interaction with him. Uh, and we just get to jump in and kind of ride the waves along the way, which is a lot of fun. Okay, now I'm going to pray. Uh, so let's pray. Father, it is good to be your people. We begin everything that you're about to do by saying thank you. God, you brought us to this point. It was not by our own might, our own strength, or our own resolve. It was you and your mercy that brought us into every new beginning. So God, right from step one, I ask that this would not be about corpus, but this would be about you. Would you just use what we do here as a tool, as an opportunity to deepen our relationship with you, to deepen our understanding of who you are for the sake of worshiping you in the fullness and the beauty of who you are. God, you deserve everything we've got. And this is just one small part of that. So Lord, receive us today in your hand. Take this next eight months, this specific journey of discipleship, take it into your hands. We ask, we pray and make it yours. Form us in the way that you want us to be formed. Because nothing else matters. Nothing else matters but that. So we look to you, our God. We proclaim you as Lord. And we give you thanks today that you gave us the opportunity to join together to worship you in this way. Be with us, we pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. I love that. That's so fun. We're going we're gonna to pray together all year. Some of it will be together in a room, and some of it will be through liturgy. Some of it will be through the scriptures all different sorts of ways we will pray and worship together. Uh, that's just so fun. I'm just excited. So I, I don't know about anyone else, but I'm excited for this. Um, okay. Today is going to be short. It's going to be easy, but it's going to be kind of the, the details. What, what are we doing? What does it look like? What does corpus look like? Uh, for a few of you, uh, you've been in corpus before previous to last year. Uh, it looks very different than it did then, although some of the topics are very similar. Um, phase two is very much an amalgamation of what phase two was and what phase three was. 
So you get, you'll get classes you've never taken before if you didn't take phase three, and you'll get uh, a bunch of new classes because we did a lot of new stuff with phase two. Um, so we're going to start with our journals. Okay. Does, any, does everyone have a journal? If you don't, can we get you one? You guys need one? Okay. You need one too? Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Make sure you picked the right one. They say phase one or phase two on them. Uh, for those of you that are uh, just deciding, you are welcome to go through them and look through them and, and, and figure out what you're going to do. And if it's a yes, just take it home with you. If it's a no, you can put it back on the table on your way out. No harm done. Uh, but we're going to, this is everything that doesn't happen in this classroom happens here. We tried to make it as simple as possible. Grab a, grab a journal before you go. Phase one, it'll say phase one on it. I think they're on the far side of the table. John Hinton, everyone. John Hinton. Um, just think, I didn't announce it to everyone, but just so you know, we don't have to wear masks in here. It's a private event. Uh, only people that sign up are here, and so we get to uh, have different rules. So don't worry about those things. You can sit with anyone you are comfortable with. Just make sure they're also comfortable with that. <laughs> um, so all of that is good to go. Uh, it's a different setting here than in church or in many other places in that way. Um, okay. The journal. Uh, in Corpus, the journal has always been important. Uh, I would say it has only gotten more important uh, in the last two years. And the reason for that is uh, we are going to take the year together to be discipled through, in many different ways, but especially through uh, morning and evening prayer, uh, which means liturgy. It means all different sorts of things. So morning and evening prayer is known in the Anglican Church, predominantly. Uh, it is a uh, kind of a take on um, what was traditional to the Christian church over many years. Um, it's not the only way to pray. It's not, I'm not going to hold it up as the best way to pray. But I will say this. We have to get formed in our prayer. So everything we do here is about being formed into what God wants us to be. It's not about us putting our rules and regulations up and saying, yeah, but I like it this way instead. It's, it's us saying, okay, God, how do you want to form us? Who do you want us to be? The purpose of liturgy is to form our prayer, is to form our worship. It's not to uh, relegate it to only said words. That's actually not the point of liturgy. We've missed the point if that's what we think it is. It's actually to make everything that you pray founded upon, based upon, and even the wording, the phrases that you'll begin to use will be found right in the pages of Holy Scripture. From the beginning of time, God taught his people to pray. The Israelites would, would ascend up the hill of the Lord and they would, they would pray the ascension psalms together. They would sing them out, some of them. Sometimes they would chant them. Sometimes they would pray them in quiet. There was all different sorts of rhythms, but every one of those rhythms was holy, the holy word of God forming a people to be holy so that as they prayed to the holy God, it was pleasing and acceptable to him. 
So everything you see in here is not to limit you. It is to release you. It is to form you. you if you've ever heard a person pray that's steeped in the scriptures, they'll just pray scripture. They don't even notice. Lots of times they do because they've read enough, they notice. But they'll just use phrases and you're like, oh, I think I just read that. Or it, it's just part of them. That's what's, that's what's happening here. These come from the scriptures intentionally because it's meant to form us even in our prayer. So, page one. You'll see the word and hear the word rhythm a lot. The purpose of that, the reason for that is because we all have rhythm to our lives. All of us. And the rhythms can look very different for all of us. They can be a little like so one person would say, oh, that person's just sporadic. It's all over the place. And someone else would say, oh, it's super legalistic. Everything's just by the book. And yet both live according to a rhythm of some sort. That's because that's the way God made us. The beginning of all creation, one of the things that becomes very clear is that God is a God of order from chaos and rhythm. The sun sets, the sun rises, the snow melts, the snow comes again, <laughs> as we can feel in the air so closely these days. There's rhythm, there's season, there's repetition. And it's interesting, you can use even the seasons as an example of this. When we get out of a certain rhythm and develop something new, that rhythm no longer feels normal. It feels off. It feels off-putting even in some ways. And so this could feel off-putting at first. It could feel really outside of your norm, your box, and go, I don't know if I like it. Feels weird. I can honestly say the moment I started with liturgical prayer, that was me. I came from a quite heavy charismatic setting, extreme, extern I always say that wrong extemporaneous prayer was the only way to pray. We so much so that we didn't really pray the Lord's prayer even because you don't want to be boxed in. You can pray it as a way of kicking off into real prayer, but that was the most you could do. So it was, it was really off putting to me, not off putting as in it. I didn't like it off putting as in something didn't feel right. As I did it, I went, this feels weird. But what I found happening, because I was being formed in prayer. No longer was I so selfish. No longer was everything about me and my whims, and my reasons. All of a sudden, I was forced to pray for people and think of people and pray in certain ways towards God that I never would have done if it was up to me. God was forming me through it. And so this uh, establishing of the rhythm Another thing you're going to really need this year is grace. Give yourself a break. Take it easy on yourself. I, I made a big deal about saying that last year, especially to our phase ones last year. Uh, and <laughs> I would say every meeting with anyone that was in phase one, I heard sometimes it was with an apologetic tone and sometimes it was with a, like, I don't really care. But almost every meeting I heard, yeah, I'm not very good at this. Not keeping my rhythm very much. It's okay. Give yourself some grace. 
If you're not trying, then we'll have a conversation that's different and not a reprimand, just a conversation, an encouragement, but be encouraged that this is here for your benefit. Not for any other reason. I wouldn't make you do it otherwise. I wouldn't ask you to do it. Um, as you're establishing the daily rhythm, when we talk about that, the grace that's needed, also, uh, you need to know that I'm not the type of person that's going to get on your case and follow up on every single thing and make sure you've done it. I'll have a conversation with you in the moment when you tell me you don't like it or don't need it or whatever, and I'll tell you what I think, but I, I'm not going to chase you down. Part of the reason is that you're all adults, and you have to make your mind up. Your parents don't get to do that for you anymore. And you all know this, and you're, many of you are parents, but you have to decide to take the initiative to do it or not. I promise you, it will be good for you if you do. I can promise you that. But I'm not gonna follow you up, and I'm not gonna tell you that you're uh, doing something bad or a bad person or any of those things, so don't worry about that. <laughs> There's always a little bit of fear of trepidation in those meetings. And I haven't done it in a couple of weeks, I'm so sorry. It's like, okay. So anyways, what else can we talk about? It's like, that's, that's just not me. I'm not, I'm not a babysitter. And I don't want to be your babysitter, but I just want to walk with you. Okay. Um, so if you don't currently have a regular devotional rhythm, uh, here's what I'd ask. Start with morning prayer. Okay. Don't start with both. Unless you're like a super disciplined person that you know, you'll just get it. You'll be fine. That's fine. But if you're feeling like, oh, I'll give it a try. Start with one. That will take time. And even when you miss it for a week, that doesn't mean you failed. <laughs> Just do your best. Keep going. Let's go down the path as best as we can day by day. If you already have a devotional life that includes morning or evening, add the opposite. Okay. Does that make sense? That's been the best way I've seen people get to start to develop rhythms is, is slowly. Usually jumping in and doing everything then leads to failure, which then leads to giving up. We don't want that. Start with what's feasible for now. Once you get good at it, that's not the right word. Once it's normal, uh, it'll take you under half an hour to do it. At first, it'll be substantially longer. Uh, I can't say how long. I always thought it probably was like 45 minutes for me when I first started. Um, but I've heard, I've heard other numbers. I've heard some people, the long was the 30 and it got shorter from there. And I've heard other people say it took them over an hour you're not probably going to do that. That's when we'll talk about how to do the rhythm in a way that will shorten it because it's actually not supposed to take your whole day. Purpose of morning and evening prayer is that you get in the rhythm of the prayer. It becomes normal to constantly go back to the Lord. It's not, it's not just a ritual. It's a rhythm for your life. Okay. Um, you can read through this at another time. I'm just telling you roughly what it says in these first pages as we go. Um, but establishing and maturing in your rhythm. I would say that once you have regularly, that does not mean every day, but once you're regularly going through everything uh, on a day-to-day -day basis, um, yeah, once that's normalized for you, whether it's morning or evening, whichever you has become more normal, 
then add the second one. Okay, so if you're in phase two as an example and you started, it started feeling normal to do that once a day, try and work in two now, okay? Um, to, to anyone online, these books were late, so they just came in yesterday. I was opening the boxes at the beginning of class, but I will get them in the mail. I'll make sure you get them before next Sunday because that's actually the first time you're going to need them. Okay, so this week is actually not a week where you need the book. It's a week of preparation for beginning. We really kick off next week. Okay, so you don't need to use the rhythms or do the book this week. It'll start next. Okay. Um, okay, the content of the daily rhythm. Uh, different people function differently. If it's helpful for you to follow through in the actual book, each spot, go for it. If it's better for you to, like Mark, He's just like listening, taking, taking like everything I have to say, it's, it's all getting logged the way I can tell. Um, but if it's easier for you to just listen rather than like do both, go through the book and just close it, it's fine. Um, no one's ever gonna get on your case about stuff here. We're not, like, we're not gonna do that. So if you come in every single week and you keep your book closed, you don't take a single note, I'm not gonna push at you. We might have a conversation if all of a sudden I'm realizing you don't understand what we're talking about and you haven't listened all year. Maybe we'll talk about that, but people learn differently. They take information differently that it's just give yourself some grace. I will give you grace. Um, you'll fall asleep at different periods. I was waiting for the call out. <laughs> I, I only said it because as soon as I said it, you looked at me and you're like, yeah, he sat right in front of me all year last year, and there was a few times he had a tough time staying awake. So, um, <laughs> I'm not bothered. It doesn't matter. It was just funny. Uh, so, the, I was waiting for the call out. Uh, that's good. Okay, so what's the content of the daily rhythm? Uh, if you're familiar with the terms, I'll go through them. If you're not familiar with these terms, don't worry about it. The I have a breakdown of every piece in the book. If you're not familiar with terms or anything, don't worry about it. It's actually the terms are less important. But what we've done is we've taken um, the, the Anglican practice of morning and evening prayer. We've simplified it. So in the Book of Common Prayer, for example, you will have uh, many different options for prayers uh, that will just be listed. So you could pray any of these four prayers at this time kind of thing. And it's usually just different scriptures that you're praying. Uh, we've simplified that. I've kind of kept them in the seasons so that as you're in church and hearing about the seasons near Christmas time, we're going to talk more on Advent themes. Uh, post Christmas, we're going to talk more on like Jesus revealing himself themes. Like you'll notice that throughout the year, but I've done that for you to make it as simple as possible. Um, yes. So there's that. The other side of it is it right in the midst of morning prayer, I've added something that isn't traditionally there. It is a different practice, which is called uh, the daily examine. The daily examine comes from uh, St. Ignatius of Loyola, uh, his practices of prayer. Uh, it's quite extensive. This daily examine is just one thing that those people would do uh, that are practicing that, I mean. Uh, but it's extremely helpful. And so as we go through it, I'll, I'll point those pieces out. Uh, it's the reflective stuff. 
it's the stuff to catch your own emotions, feelings, heart stuff along the way. That's what the daily exam is present for in the midst of it. Um, okay, so we kick off in morning prayer, morning or evening prayer, really, um, with just an opening prayer. Very simple. Uh, if you turn there, and I'll just go through it here with you. The morning opening prayer for week one is let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my rock and my redeemer. Psalm 19.14. That is, that is my probably my second favorite prayer of all of the daily office. I, I will, if I just let myself, I'll pray that one 10 times out of 10. I try and pray the other ones just because they're there, but that's just the one. I'm like, Lord, I need everything I do to be acceptable to you. So I just need to be formed in that way. So, um, so op morning and evening prayer each have their opening prayer. Uh, you'll see this on page eight if you're looking through your book. Um, <clears throat> following morning prayer, there's something called the entrance. Now the entrance is nothing actually too fantastic. It's so plain and ordinary. We don't usually think it matters and it really matters. The entrance is where are you? What time of day is it? And how do you feel? What? I don't think the phase one books are numbered. The pages? Oh, that could be. That could be. They just got printed, so who knows what, what's going on there. Uh, not at all. No, you're welcome to. Uh, we won't talk about page numbers. It's only today, so it won't matter other than that. Um, the entrance is, it's really that stuff. So if you wake up in the morning for morning prayer, it's 6 a.m. Uh, or 4 if you wake up super early. Um, I don't want to believe there's a 4 on the clock. That's like 4 and 5 shouldn't be present. They just don't exist in my mind. It's like... I don't function well and I am not a nice person usually uh, if that happens in my life. Uh, so six is kind of the earliest in my head. So we'll say six, you wake up at six, write that down. You haven't eaten yet and you're hungry, write it down. You always have a coffee when you first wake up and you didn't today, write it down. Why? Because more than you realize you are all over the place based on those little tiny things of your day. How many people that have a coffee when they first wake up every morning, you see them at nine and they haven't had their morning coffee? How many of them are pain to deal with? And that's a real thing. They live that, that's, that's part of them. I've been lucky enough to not have coffee actually really affect me, I just enjoy it. So I can kind of drink coffee whenever I want and it doesn't matter. And if I skip it for a week, I don't even notice. That's, that's a blessing because I know many people and I won't say I work with them because they're all pastors, but I might maybe work with some that if they don't have their 9am coffee, everyone knows it. It just is how it works. So if you go to prayer and you're angry at God, <laughs> maybe it has less to do with God actually did anything and you're just in a bad mood. That's what the entrance is for. Super simple. Don't take time on it. 610, no coffee, oh boy. Like, it's just like, like that's, like it, it doesn't matter what it is, it's just how you entered in. That's really all that it is. So if you make that observation of drinking coffee, mm -hmm. six, 10 minutes and you realize, I'm in a bad mood, I have a coffee, would it be wise to stop drinking it and go make that coffee? Or should you just that's a good question. 
It depends on what you're trying to accomplish. Because some people in their discipleship would go, oh, I am very reliant on non-godly things. I probably should get off coffee for a bit. Some people are just like, I need my coffee. Like I am just realizing I haven't had it in my bad mood. I'm not saying one is sinful. So if you feel like I will do better if I just go get the coffee, great. Here's the only hiccup for it. If you know half an hour from now, kids wake up or you guys start getting ready for work or whatever else, make the devotions a priority, not the coffee. So that would be the only hiccup I'd say. Uh, so next, you jump to contemplation. Now, some of these words can get, uh, some people don't like some of these words. We talk about contemplation, uh, meditation. Um, what's the other one that comes up? Oration. Yeah. Um, we're going to try and keep it as simple as possible. First off, just so we, because I've already mentioned it, although I don't usually do it later. When we say meditation, we don't mean Eastern practices of med- meditation. I mean, you are meditating upon the Holy Scripture and the Lord. It's not an evil thing in its essence. Um, in fact, it's very godly and it's been practiced by the people of God for um, thousands of years. And so um, it's a practice of what you do with Scripture. And so we'll get there, but just to help if anyone went, what? Uh, it's not that, I promise. Um, okay, so contemplation. Um, all that you're supposed to do, and this is five minutes. I don't want you to take more than five minutes. So the reason this gets really long is because we take so long to do these things. We think we have to really focus on everything. These are gut things, some of them. What's, what's happening in the moment? Contemplation is review, review excuse me, your last 24 hours. And in no more than 10, I'd prefer if you kept it to five, um, in this section, just write down where God was giving you grace yesterday. In the last 24 hours, where was God and how was he gracious to you? So I'll give you an example from my own life. I probably used the same one uh, last year because it really stood out to me when I was learning to do this and learning to, to really focus in on where God's grace was. I had back-to-back days that were very different and I saw God's grace in both. In the one day, I was in a bad mood the entire day and I wasn't, um, I wasn't very um, easy to deal with. I didn't do anything outwardly that was necessarily sinful. It was all inward, but I just wasn't easy to deal with. I was I was a little short and a little just like, stay away from me. I don't want to talk. I don't want to. And that was with my family. Uh, I can't imagine what it was like for everyone else. I'm usually kinder with my family than than the other way around. Um, And so for me, though, when I came to the end of my day and I did evening prayer and I came, you start, we'll get there. you, You start with repentance, basically. I saw what had become of my day. And went, oh my gosh, I spent this whole day in this really gross place inside and treated people that way because of it. Wow. And repented. That was the Lord's grace. God showed me how I function when I'm not doing well 
and what I do in relationship with other people and showed me the sin of it and get, and offered me repentance as a gift in response. That was my, that was, that was my day. The following day after that was like a high. It felt, it was, everything was good. We had a great days of family, all of these different things. And when I responded in repentance, I didn't actually feel like, of course I have stuff to repent about, but it didn't feel like those big things. Like I spent the entire day in this mode that needs repenting for. Um, and so when I got to the next morning, my, the type of person I am, I'm way quicker to see things through the eyes of repentance than through joy. And so when we get to, when we go, it was like a great day. I'm like, Oh God, where was your grace? Hmm. And I went, duh. Like it was like, you know, a minute in, I went, it was a good day. I had great conversations with my kids. We read the Bible together. We were like, look at all that grace. That was amazing. And it came from repentance early the day, the night before. Out of repentance came all of this joy and enjoyment. And that was grace. It all flowed together. And I saw how this really bad day and this really good day mixed to make something so beautiful. It was God's grace for me. Um, so the grace could be almost anything. Uh, in here, the example, I can see how God gave me grace to live in the moment. He wants me not to look so far ahead and gave me the opportunity multiple times yesterday to just sit and reflect. These are ones I actually wrote. He provided this through my family when Sarah, my wife, gave me opportunity to rest in moments when I'm usually running to get things done. It allowed me to be peaceful with my kids instead of stressed and upset with them. I normally, I'm just go. That's kind of my way. And I, I don't mean like I'm super active all the time. I mean, there's always something going on. I'm building something in my head if I'm sitting still. Like it's, I just do always. I noticed the grace in the moment when Sarah was like, just chill out. You don't have to do anything. Cause I'm always like, what do you need? I can help with supper. I suck in the kitchen so bad. <laughs> it's, it's embarrassing. Like I'm terrible in the kitchen. I just am. Uh, but I can come in and say, I'll do anything. Grade this great. Like I, like I want to help. I just suck. And so, um, <laughs> it's true. Uh, it's really true. I was the cook for the first like month and a half of our marriage and Sarah went, I think, I will never let you do this again. <laughs> and I went, that will be better for everyone. Um, we'll live longer, uh, all those things. Um, but there was just these moments of her just going, no, just relax. And she loves doing stuff together. So that's not even like her either. But that was a grace. God worked through my wife to give me grace in those moments. It allowed me to be present with my kids, allowed me to be present with the Lord. Just grace. Little things that we miss. Does that make sense? Yeah. So we're not asking you to write certain things there. We're asking you to listen to the Lord and to write what he shows you. So he might not speak audibly, but if you go, where was the grace yesterday? And certain things pop into your head. I'm going to think God's speaking to you. We often think it has to be this audible voice. There's something really special. You ask a question and you respond with certain thoughts. God's acting. He's present in that. It's actually way more simple than we make it. So next uh, is the confession. As I said, this is one of my favorite parts. Uh, I just need to repent all the time. I just know it. 
And I love it. I love that he's given me the gift of repentance um, because it's, it's freedom. So we get the opportunity every morning, every evening, we start our day, we end our day, and we confess, we repent before the Lord. And some days you won't have these specific things in mind. That's okay. That's part of why the liturgy is there. Because as you go through it, I, I've talked about this every time I teach liturgy, especially uh, morning, evening prayer. Um, there's these lines in here that I'm just like, oh, it's so good. Uh, the line at the end of the first paragraph says, apart from your grace, there is no health in us. I just have needed that my entire life. When I found repentance, when I found out it was real and it was true and God really did take away my sins, it changed everything for me. The shame was gone. It lifted off my shoulders. I didn't live condemning myself at all times. God actually forgives and he wants to forgive. So we, we recognize ourselves where we have erred. And in ways when we can't see the actual individual pieces, we still have something to fall back on. Lord, I know that I'm drawn to all these unholy things when I should be drawn to these holy things. I can't even tell you what I did today that made me drawn to those, but I can feel it. I know it. That's what repenting every day is. There won't always be big things, and that's okay. But there's always something worth coming to him and saying, I'm sorry, though. That I, I'm sorry that I do things I don't even know I'm doing against you. Help me there. Open my eyes. So then there's a, a prayer of pardon and peace. And this is really important because in the midst of your confession, you must make the practice of receiving forgiveness present also. It is part of my past with repentance that was never there. I was always sorry. Always. I felt bad about everything I was doing wrong. Because I'm kind of driven and by the rules in some ways, I always knew I was wrong. I'm like, ah, I'm just so messed up. But I didn't actually know there was freedom. And so this, this prayer is a prayer for all of God's people when you're repenting to pray. And you pray it for yourself and you pray it for everyone else. And this is what's so beautiful about everybody being in the room together right now. Is that when you say, grant your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, think about one another not just yourself. You're, you're asking the Lord to release his forgiveness over all those that repent. So next we have uh, the canticle. Now a canticle is a word, again, probably not known. Ultimately what these are, are songs or hymns usually straight out of the scriptures. Sometimes it's amalgamation of multiple scriptures. Um, this one that's, that's next, if you are following along, is from Psalm 95. O come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us heartily rejoice in the strength of our salvation. Let us come before his presence with thanksgiving and show ourselves glad in him with psalms. For the Lord is a great God and a great king above all gods. In his hand are all the depths of the earth and the heights of the hills are his also. The sea is his, for he made it. Just think about that. The sea is his. 
ever watched Shark Week? It's like, <laughs> that's nuts. The sea is his for he made it. The, the people that wrote this were terrified of the sea. They were terrified of it. The sea, it, it was chaos. It was, it was something out there that can't be known. Most people never learned how to swim. They never tried because they didn't know what was below. There's all these things in scripture about the Leviathan. Like they believed in these beasts that lived in the sea. Some people might believe in them present today. I don't know. But the point is, this is about that. The thing that is the highest, most unbelievable, chaotic reality is God's because he made it. All of a sudden it puts a different spin on all that chaos and all that danger and all that fear. All right, God's in control of that. His hands prepared the dry land. Oh, come, let us worship and fall down and kneel before the Lord, our maker, for he is our God and we are the people of his pasture and the sheep of his hand. Amen. From there, we go into our daily scripture readings. And here's where the classes come in, really. So uh, at the beginning of every week, you will have two pages of space for class notes. Some people are mad that it's not enough space. Others are, that's way more space than I need. Um, and for some, it's just right. Sorry, I was, we were trying to find a balance. Most people used at least two pages, if not more. Um, but we were trying to find a balance and not make this book, gargantuan book, any bigger. So two pages is what you got. Um, and that's the same for every single class. But the, the, the morning and evening scriptures, are they correlate with the teaching from the week. Okay, so they are, sometimes they're scriptures you'll actually have gone through in class, and sometimes they're just related in different ways. And so we worked with all of our teachers that everything that they did for study and all the scriptures that they were using and studying through, that's the scriptures we get you to read through for the week. Okay, so we take two days per scripture reading. That's intentional. We want you to take some time on it. So Monday and Tuesday of the first week, you'll read 2 Chronicles 2, 4 to 6. It's not a huge reading. But we want you to take time on it. What is it actually saying? How does it relate to what you've just done? To what you've just learned about in, in the class? The evening scripture readings are broken up differently in that they are your Psalms readings. Uh, traditionally in morning and evening prayer, you will have read through the entirety of the Psalms every month. There's also a 60 day morning and evening prayer where you can read it every 60 days. We've done that mixed with the, our different rhythms. So we kind of like, you'll get through the entirety of the Psalms in under three months, roughly, uh, throughout the year. So you'll have read the entire Psalms uh, two and a half times-ish if you do morning evening prayer every, or evening prayer every day. Uh, and evening has its own canticle. So it's, again, it's a different one. This one is built from multiple scriptures. Um, Next is the Apostles' Creed. We get you every morning and every evening to uh, declare the Apostles' Creed. Uh, the reasoning for that is multiple. It's many. It's plethora. There's a whole bunch of reasons for that. Uh, one is, is it's the standard of, it's the basic, it's the most basic theological statement that the church has agreed upon since its beginning. 
Now I say most basic is because there's other creeds and there's other like catechisms and other trainings that expands upon this. It goes beyond, it says more, but this is, it's the smallest, most compact, most basic uh, creed as we know it. It is predominantly used for catechizing or for training. We are training through the creed this in, in phase one and in phase two, we're focusing in on now, how do we live the creed? So the theology taught through phase one, you'll hear the teachers at different times say, today we're gonna to talk about this line of the creed. Okay, and they'll go through it. So it's a consistent statement, a declaration. The scriptures are consistent. They, are, they call us to declare the truth of who God is. And they consistently say, do it with your lips. <laughs> they mean, don't declare it in your heart so it feels all good and, and, and warm inside. They mean, say it. Speak it out. Let people hear it. So we say it out loud. The Lord's Prayer is next. Lord's Prayer. Now, in our prayer class, which is just a few weeks in, um, we're going to go through liturgical prayer and the Lord's Prayer more extensively. Uh, we made one shift to phase one from last year. Uh, and it was both uh, something that I felt myself and I heard a couple people here say they wish they had. After the prayer class, everyone was like, it would have been really nice to have another class to just practice that, like try it, like let's go through it all and, and make it more normalized. So we've added that. Um, there wasn't a, a class we were able to cut that um, was later in the year anyway, so it all worked out timing-wise. The Lord's Prayer, scripturally, the Lord's Prayer is the foundation of all prayer. The apostles came, said, Lord, teach us to pray. He didn't do what I would do. He didn't do what I did during service this morning, where I said, okay, everybody, just close your eyes. Lord, would you just come and wash away all the things that are distracting us so we can keep our hearts and minds upon you? I think those are good things. I wouldn't do them otherwise. But Jesus didn't do that. Jesus said, you want to know how to pray? Pray like this. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. That will form your prayer for the rest of your life if you let it. It's foundation piece to understand prayer. As I said, we got a whole class on it. I'll let Amy take you through that when the time comes. Uh, next are call, our collect prayers. Um, if you want to know what collect means, it's really simple. It means collection. <laughs> uh, when the church was all praying, they went, wow, all of these things are good that we pray about. How do we collect them together and put them in as prayers to make sure the church doesn't forget to pray about these things? and they formed collects. That's how they were created. So they were created for the purpose of the church continuing to pray as it was always meant to pray. So every collect has a slightly different focus. Uh, each one is intentional in the focus, and we have 
basically just taken the Colex right out of the BCP, 2019 BCP that is. Um, and so they're, they're exactly what's in, in the BCP. So you have a different one every day uh, for morning and evening prayer. One thing I haven't mentioned, if it doesn't say it's for morning or evening, you do it in both. If it says morning, it's only for morning. If it says evening, it's only for evening. Okay, so just to make sure that's clear. So like the Colex, for example, they're in both. Um, the uh, Canticles, you have a morning one and an evening one. So, so on and so forth. After your Colex, um, all prayer books do this. They give you space to just pray what's on your heart. So as much as we're being formed, the Lord still is very personal with us. So he gives us space to share our hearts with him. So there's uh, requests for others, intercessions for others, things that are on our hearts. Um, these are just things that I would encourage you to pray for. They're not the only things you should pray for. And it's not like a ticking of a box. So if you don't pray for one of these things one week, no big deal. Um, uh, there's, there's things about it that I think are really, uh, just really important. Um, a big one, I think, especially it, right now um, in the world is praying for nation and government. Um, just, yeah, just take that serious. Um, another one that was big for me, we started praying uh, in my house, we started praying for uh, nature and creation and just that God would bless the plants in our house and new life and that that it was actually that we would be good stewards of our yard and just to help us actually nurture uh, creation like he called us to at the beginning in Genesis. Um, and that actually made a big shift in our family. It was really interesting to watch. Our whole family all of a sudden took to gardening and they all wanted to help with the yard and plant flowers. And I, I didn't expect that. And it's not like I mean, I don't have a green thumb or anything, so I don't know what I'm doing. I just know that it, it, it did spark something in us, that there was a, a real change there. Um, so as you can see, uh, and, and you'll see if you're not looking currently when you get there, there's other things, church, global, local, pray for the world, society, especially the oppressed and suffering for family, for friends and for enemies, um, which I love that that's just there, the enemies one. If you don't have enemies, pray for those that have made themselves an enemy to your brothers and sisters across the world. So there's, there are people I have been so blessed to get to know um, through my travels and my work that I do with Bishop Todd from all over the world. And I've met people that have almost died so many times at the hands of persecutors, uh, people with missing hands and scars. And like, it's, it's so unbelievable to see people that actually live in persecution and so humbling and makes me never want to complain about anything in Canada ever again, because we're just a bunch of babies. Um, and so Archbishop, I talked about him last year and, and I use him as an example, Archbishop Ben Kwashi, he's the Archbishop in Nigeria, one of, and he's known all over the world as one of the most wanted men by one of the most vicious militia groups in the world. They have tried to kill him many, many, many times. And last year, if you guys remember that we're in phase one, um, last year, while we were in the midst of Corpus, he sent out a message um, 
asking for prayer because uh, a rebel group came to his house and had broken into his house or trying to kidnap his wife and kill him. Um, he wasn't home, thankfully. He has like, I think they have like 60 kids in their house that they've adopted um, at all times and they were all gone somehow miraculously. The Lord was good there. But um, when they broke in, to find them, his neighbor heard and came across the land with a flashlight and the militia group saw him with the flashlight. So they killed him and their whole family as a, no, sorry. They killed him and all of his cattle and left his wife and kids with no food or uh, way of eating and their husband gone. Um, that's, that's their everyday reality. We should be praying for them. We should be lifting them up. Um, it's the least we can do. And yet all at the same time, it's the best we can do. Um, so keep those sorts of people in prayer. You don't even have to know them. You don't have to go read stories. Uh, if stuff like that freaks you out or bothers you, don't go read the stories. Just know that they're out there and pray for them. There's a lot there. There's a lot of prayer needed. Uh, okay. So then we get into meditations. Um, now, this is connected to the scripture reading. Um, <clears throat> so the purpose is, is that we would read the scriptures, and it's intentional that we do more before we get to the meditation. So we read the scripture, we declare the creed, pray the Lord's Prayer, uh, pray for others. It gets us out of the headspace of how is this only applicable to me. And it, gets, it also allows the creed, which is like foundational theology, to have its way on some of our beliefs. Okay. So it, it's, it's meant to like form some of the, what we've taken from the scriptures. Um, <clears throat> but then I want you to take some time and just to write out what you're seeing connecting for you. So from your week teaching to the scripture reading, to uh, the Lord's prayer, the apostles creed, if there are connections being made for you, oh, that reminded me of this. Well, that sounds so much like when the teacher said this. That's the Holy Spirit working in you. Uh, so again, think of it this way. This is going to sound harsh, but it's real. It's true. You're not smart enough to make those connections. God gave you the grace to make them. So if your brain is a brain that makes those connections, it's because he wanted you to be that type of person. It's still his grace on, like, for you. Okay. If you're not making all of those connections, go back to the scripture, read it again, and just see if there's anything that sticks out to you. And whatever that might be, it might be one thing, might be a paragraph, whatever it is, write it out. Okay. So it's what sticks out to you in your mind. Uh, my example here was Jesus was so willing to do whatever the father asked of him. I know that facing the cross would not have been an easy task. How is it so difficult for me to experience so much less suffering than that? I'm challenged by his unending pursuit of God's way, but feel like I don't even, I don't know if I even want to follow him in that way. Did he ever feel like that? Specifically dying upon the cross is what I meant. I don't know if I would want to do that. So that was, that was the question in my head going, sheesh, if I'm being honest. I'm just being honest. That's really glaring between the type of suffering I'm willing to take and the type of suffering he took. That's what stood out to me that day in the scripture reading. 
So that's what you write down. Rob. Yeah. So you're saying so that insight that you said you have, you're saying that the Holy Spirit showed that to you and that that didn't. Yeah. You don't think you have the ability to think that on your own? Well, no, I know that I don't because he created me. Meaning I even if it's even if it's innate within human beings to make connections, it's still a grace from the Lord. He made us that way. So it's not like I can, what I don't mean is I would never make a connection out of the natural human capacity. I'm saying even the natural human capacity to make connection is a grace from God. Does that make sense? So everything we're doing is, is we're asking it to be bathed by in the Holy Spirit. We're repenting, we're proclaiming, we're putting everything under God constantly. So when we go to the scriptures and that pops up, I have to be honest that probably the Lord's also present in that. Now that doesn't mean it's necessarily a good thing. And I would say like, this is an example of that. I'm being honest about where I feel like, I don't know if I'd go that far. So that's not a good thing, but that's what the Lord touched on. And for me, as an example, that was an extremely humbling thing to write. And I knew I had to put it in here for all of you to see because my entire life I have prided myself. I wish I, would, I wish I didn't have to say that, but I've prided myself on being willing to do anything God asked me to. And that day when I read that verse, I went, I don't know if I do that, Lord. I actually thought I'd do anything and I don't know if I'd do that. The suffering became so real to me that I went, I don't know if I'd, if I'd say yes to that. I think the example you gave um... I think the example you gave, I think a person could really say, okay, that's a good question to ask. But I know like some of us probably come from more of a, you have to be right, doctrine is everything, you have to be right, yeah. left and right. Um, how do you self-correct, how do you self-correct, or do you just trust that, if I, if, I, if I read a text, and there's a chance that I didn't even think of the text, I'm not necessarily using the proper hermeneutics, right? So I sure. Draw something out of it. Sure. So, is that an example of when you're talking about grace? Like, hey, do your self grace, like the Lord is going to redirect. 100%. Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And I think that we will, um, my hope is that part of what this will do is it'll establish a, um, a biblical hermeneutic that doesn't necessarily always line up with an evangelical one or charismatic one or even historic one sometimes. It's something a little bit different. So, this is my friend Joshua, everyone. If you don't know him, he's wonderful. I'm so glad he's here with us. Just moved from the States and he's planted a church in town. Uh, and we just connected, well, thanks to him at Johnny Bean. He's just so friendly. He was like, hey, what are you reading? And we just talked forever. So, uh, so glad he's here with us. Um, okay, next is oration. And this is where it can be confusing. And I would say all year last year, people were like, I don't get it. What's this and what's that? And again, consistently give yourself some grace. It's okay. Um, to try and clear up some of the distinction, this is deeply connected to your meditation, but it's not quite the same. Where the meditation is, the connections made in your mind, what are you thinking? The oration is about what, how is it making you feel? So for some of us, that will be the hardest thing to write down is what do we actually feel? 
For others, that will be the easiest thing to write down. Oh, I could, I need more space. I can feel all these things, right? It's, we're different people, I get it. Um, but I want you, to, I want you to, to look at your write-up in the meditation and say, how did it make you feel when you realized that? When God made that connection for you, how did that feel? So I, for me, as I'm rereading this, I'm like, oh yeah, I remember this. Uh, I remember that the, my feelings came very quickly from my thinking about my kids. I don't personally, I don't care if I have to suffer. Like I said before, right? I realized there was this line I was going to get up against. It wasn't normal, but my feeling wasn't about myself. My feeling was to think about, oh, my kids are going to have to live that too. And so all of a sudden I was like, oh Lord, would you just come again and end this? <laughs> like immediately I changed the story. Everything changed. I went, it was no longer like suffering for Christ's sake. Yeah, I'm willing to do that. All of a sudden I'm like, just come again. Why do we have to go through this? And I was angry. <laughs> thinking about what my kids will feel in this world. If they choose him. I don't mean in salvation. I mean like in those moments. It's, it's, they're suffering ahead of them. So I, so I felt that and went, well, I think that's my oration today. I felt angry that it wasn't complete and done. I wasn't sad that I'd have to do it. I noticed that I had this limit in me, but I was angry that my kids will have to. I can rationalize that. I, to your point, I can, I can theologize that point. I can say, but it's for the glory of God. And when you think about first Peter and how good it is to suffer for the Lord and you're sharing in his suffering and that's all great. But how do you feel about it? So with respect to oration, it's actually kind of interesting because what it sounds like is something that with respect to relationship, Juliana will often ask me how my day is. Yeah. And I'll go through and I'll say a bunch of facts. Yeah. I did this, this happened, all these certain yeah. things. And at the end of the day, she's like, well, that's great, but how does that make you feel? Yeah. And oration is kind of that piece of personalizing. 100%. Yeah, 100%. I have very, all three of my kids are very different, but if I ask them how their day was, my youngest will go, well, first, when I arrived, the, my, someone took my locker. And so I had to find a new locker. And, and then once I got everything hung up, then I went in. And right first thing, my teacher let me help this other student. And so we were in this class. And she just actually tells me every single thing that's ever happened in your day, right? If I ask my oldest, how was your day? Sucked. Why? Like, give me something more than that. And he doesn't often say that, but that's how he talks in that moment. Um, but it's, it's, it's his emotion. It's his feeling. He, that, the first thing he thinks about is how does he feel in this exact second? I don't think life feels very good, so my day sucked. That's all that comes out of him. I have to like, yeah, but what did you do? So it's, it's exactly the opposite to get to know my kids. So what did you do today? And then when he tells me what he did, I went, and none of those things were good? Yeah, all of them were good, but that, and that ruined my day. Okay. <laughs> One thing for 10 minutes ruined your entire day. 
Now I know you better. You need to know that about yourself. So how it made you feel matters because it can ruin your day. It can help your day. It can ruin your year. <laughs> I mean, like, like we're talking about sometimes really big things. And when we hit scriptures, we can hit some pretty tough points. We can hit parts of the gospel that are the hardest points for us to deal with. And then all of a sudden when we have to say how we feel, I don't feel very good about this, Lord. And that, if, and here's where I would really encourage you, you know, to develop the rhythm all the way through to morning and evening, um, especially with the Psalms readings in the, in the end. Once you get to know the Psalms, they are a massive gift to you because you start to realize that you're allowed to say things to God you never thought you were. I use it all the time. I'll use it through the year again. Psalm 44, Psalm of Imprecation. He, Psalm 44 is like, it's the Psalm that has no positive outcome. And if you, if you study it, it is explicitly that. It is the people of God looking at God and saying, we kept our end of the deal. We didn't sin. If we had sinned, you would have shown us. We would have repented. We did it right. You broke covenant, God. Where are you? That's what Psalm 44 is. There isn't hope in it. It starts with like this, this God, you are all these things. But it's because they're, we know you do all this. We've watched you do it. You've done it for us. And we didn't break covenant and you still didn't show up. Where are you? And then it just ends. And some of our days, weeks, months, maybe years are like that. They feel like, where are you? I didn't, I know I'm not perfect, God. I know that I haven't done everything right, but give me something to repent for then. Show me. I'm, I'm begging you. Where are you? And then once we get to Psalm 45, all of a sudden it's the wedding, of the king and his bride. And God goes, you want me to show up? All right, I'm going to show you how I'm going to show up. Let's talk about something really glorious. Does it undo 44? Nope. The feeling was real. The people wrote it. They sang it. <laughs> it's unreal. They sang it regularly. I love that because God already knows what's going on in your hearts. He already knows how you feel. He needs you to know how you feel because you'll never come out of that. You'll never be discipled in that area if you can't recognize it and own it. So it's not about whether you do everything right or wrong. It's about will you be honest with God and with yourself? So of course he will cause us to do less things wrong. Now, Less might be the wrong number, wrong word for that. There's things we've done wrong. We'll stop doing those wrong as we are sanctified. But that's an endless process. So very good example. That was perfect. That is what oration is. Next, 
Prayer for mission. Uh, Christ has placed us on this earth to be witnesses of his death and resurrection to the world. That is like the call of the church. As far as I can understand biblically, the only reason the Lord has not come again is because there are people that will be in his kingdom that have not yet been born. Some of those have like literally have not been born. And there are people that are going to be in his kingdom that have not yet been born again. He's, he's waiting for them. He, they've, their names are in the Lamb's book of life. He knows they're coming. He's waiting for them. We're here for that reason. So we pray for it every day, <clears throat> morning and evening. Prayer of Thanksgiving and prayer of St. John Chrysostom. These are very much overlapped in their intention. I love them both, so I put them both in. <clears throat> Normally in the BCP, you're allowed to pick one. I sing, say them both every morning, every evening anyways, so I'm going to tell you all to do the same. They're just wonderful prayers. They're so full of thanksgiving and praise, um, and it's a great way to kind of bring everything to a close. Um, <clears throat> the grace, just pray for requesting God's grace upon you as you end this prayer time. And then the summary, and this is the last part of the exam, which is where you write a small reflection at the end of your day. So it's only for evening prayer. It's not for morning prayer. And you just summarize all that God's impressed upon you, both in your prayers and just in your life so far. So that summary, if you do it, will help you with your um, morning's contemplation. Right? So if you write a summary in the evening and then you wake up and you go into morning prayer, it'll, you'll go, oh yeah, right, this is what day was like yesterday. It'll help you in that journey. <clears throat> I personally, I'm not telling you not to, I don't write the summary, but only because it feels additional to what I currently do, but the rest of it I do. Um, so that's just my own personal rhythm there. But I have many people have found it very helpful for the contemplation in the morning. Um, so that's our daily rhythm. How does that sound? Any questions, thoughts? Oh, <clears throat> I bought that at 6.30 this morning. <clears throat> but it still weirdly is right. I drink it and I'm like, <laughs> I should be drinking this. There's nothing right about Tim Hortons coffee. <laughs> We've had this conversation. <clears throat> Sorry. Any Still questions? Yeah. Summary is one big block, mm -hmm. but meant for every day. Yes. It's for, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry, I'm trying to get this out of my throat nicely. Um, <clears throat> yes, the summary will be like a collection of thoughts, essentially. So we don't break it up, but it's just for you to write your piece make a piece and just be continual in that regard and then goes into your next week on the sunday <clears throat> excuse me any questions thoughts I'll just, yeah. just an observation when you talk about song i remember last year when we started this yeah i remember saying to mark Oh my gosh, the songs, they're just complaining all the time. <clears throat> what yeah. good is this? Yeah. But 
they now are a very important part of what I like to read. Yeah. Just an interesting thing. Yeah. It is, <clears throat> my goodness. The, um, I think it's in phase one, the prayer book of the Bible, Bonhoeffer, or is it phase two book? Phase one. <clears throat> it changed, it changed everything for me in prayer, that book. It's tiny, 60 pages. It's a very quick read, even for me. So, <clears throat> okay, let me just tell you this, because some people get, I'm sorry, I cannot get this out of my throat. Some people get nervous with all the reading. <clears throat> I've been tested and I actually read at a grade four speed. It takes me forever to read anything. That's not even a slight bit of a joke. That is the real deal. So I get it when it comes to reading additional things and all of that, but I can almost guarantee none of you will spend as much time as I would have to, to read them all. And I have read them all. Um, most people don't believe me. I did it with my wife so she could see it. I took this test and she was like, I actually can't believe that's true. Like, that's unbelievable. I'm looking at it. I can't believe that's true. Um, <clears throat> she has uh, created elite readers in my family. And so they're all very good at reading and read very fast. And it doesn't matter what I do. My vocabulary gets bigger. My understanding grows and my speed never changes. So that's me for the rest of my life. That's just the reality. So it takes time, but it's a tiny little book. <clears throat> I read it in a day, which is a big deal. And it's, it's like this big and like 60 pages, but tiny. So it's really like a 15 page book and it took me a day. So, <laughs> but it changed my life. It made me think about the Psalms differently and it made me think about prayer differently. And it made me think about Jesus differently. So I highly recommend it. Read that book. It's be very valuable. Um, in especially in your Psalms readings. <clears throat> any other questions? Yeah. Do you have any tips for making a good confession in the evening then right in the morning? Because I'll do evening confession right before I go to bed. Right. I'll sleep, then I'll get up and do a morning confession. So I haven't right. had a ton of time to sin. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be surprised. <laughs> and so it feels yeah. a little redundant. Yeah. Um, I would say most of my morning... Um, I don't know if it's morning. I would say most of the time I'm repenting because I know I'm a sinner. And then there's times where I'm repenting for specific sins. And that's not necessarily the same thing, though I use the same liturgy for it. And so whether you know what you've sinned for or not, in some way, the way we exist is selfishly and without God. And so even in those things, I go, I don't know if I did anything, Lord. But even if I did, I did something or not, I know that I'm going to, and I know that I have. So I just want to repent again. That's how I go about it. My struggle with that has been, <clears throat> becomes quite robotic, where right. I'll be aware, I'm like, okay, well, I'm sorry for being selfish. And so same day again, right. or next day I'm selfish, next day I'm selfish. And yeah. it doesn't really seem to... achieve any progress yeah um okay that's actually a really good point i would <clears throat> my challenge to that would be ask the lord to show you how deep your sin goes and you'll never stop repenting that that would be my challenge to that i've never found 
I've never found a spot where I think that repentance isn't necessary or is robotic in that, in that sense. That's actually a really good observation. <clears throat> if it was something different, then maybe. But with repentance, I feel like, no, I'm, I've felt the depths of my sin. Uh, it always feels like a grace and full of glory to go and repent and be forgiven. So that would be my challenge. So, and stuff like that, I think is just good for us all. It sounds maybe intimidating. I really do think ask the Lord for uh, a revelation of our sinfulness, not for the sake of our sinfulness, for the sake of how beautiful and glorious he is in the midst of that. He shows himself and it's just so amazing. Yeah. So if we get to a point where we go, okay, I think I'm good. I'm good. I don't think I need to repent. Do repent for that. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Um, yeah. It's, there's different theologies out there. Um, <clears throat> some, there was, yeah, there's different beliefs around sinfulness and whether we can be or can't be. Uh, Eastern church and Western church believe differently. Charismatic and historic believe differently. It's all over the place as far as that goes. The scriptures are pretty clear, though, um, that we don't really have. Now, now let's, let's be clear, though. I'm not saying God sees you as a heinous person. And that's the danger. That's not true. Because if you are his, he sees you in and united with and under the blood of his son. And what changes is, and what a lot of what we're going to talk about in phase two this year, is that when you live outside of that image in which he has given you, the image and likeness of God, when you live outside of that, it feels so much bigger than just a measly sin. I feel like, I don't, know how, I don't know why, but God gave me a, a revelation of sin very young age. Um, and honestly, I've, it's never made me feel bad. And it came at the same time as my repentance. Like, I felt bad all the time for doing things wrong. I mean my sinfulness. My, when God showed me my sin, he also showed me repentance and faith and, and to receive forgiveness. And I have never felt bad during repentance. I have felt bad for sinning. <laughs> don't, don't hear me wrong about that. I know I feel that, but I've never gone to repentance and felt bad at the end of it. It is always a glorious experience. Go ahead. <clears throat> Would it potentially be an accurate description to say that in the morning, or sorry, in the evening, repentance is more focused towards, okay, I've done this wrong. I've done that wrong. Uh, I am turning back to you, God, which repentance is a turning away from sin to God. Right. In the morning, you haven't fallen into sin. You're not asking forgiveness for something you did, but you can still repent in that you're turning from sin to Christ. You are rejecting sin proactively. Yeah, I think that that's very true. I think that we, uh, the only thing I'd add to that, I think that that is right on. The only thing that I'd add is that we have to be very careful with ever saying between then and now I haven't sinned because we didn't notice the sin. One of the keys to repentance through liturgy is for what I have done and for what I don't know that I've done. We are always sinning and not recognizing it. And that's part of the sanctification process is us having our eyes open to our sinfulness so that we can turn. Um, and so that, so I would say yes, plus just no, 
there's a good possibility that something is still present, if that makes sense. So, two questions. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, so we confess a sin from the previous day in the evening. Should we not then, should we just forget about it and say in the morning, do we confess the same sin again? Or do we, is that a sign that we haven't accepted the grace or forgiveness of God to forgiveness It's actually a bigger question than it sounds. Um, it's not a simple answer to that. I would say this. You, we probably need to understand what it means to receive God's forgiveness is probably key to that. If you feel like you need to keep repenting for a single instance we're talking about, right? Now, there's another side of that, though, because sometimes we have done something wrong. And then as we continue to think about it, we realize where it came from. We realize how deep it goes in us. We realize, and so it's not necessarily the instance of the thing we've done we're repenting for. We're now seeing, oh, this, this stemmed from all of this of which we're repenting for. So I, I've had, because our sinful acts come out of a sinful heart, right? Like there's something that happens inside of us that causes us to do. And so as the Lord is healing us through repentance and forgiveness, uh, through his grace and his mercy, um, we'll see the depths of that. So I don't think, so it's nuanced is what I mean. Yeah, you got another question. Is there a structure we should follow for confession, let's say having the 10 commandments before us or the Sermon on the Mount? Do you have any, or is this? I mean, I would start, I would do this. Like there's a, yeah, I, I lean on the liturgy predominantly. So as I'm praying the liturgy, I'm letting it bring forth by the spirit, the actual things I'm repenting of. Cause now we're also conflating confession and repentance. Not, they're not what you're talking about and what we're talking about in repenting through this liturgy is slightly different. So you can come to me and do a priestly confession, right? Um, and we can do that, or you can confess to a brother, right? There's those things, um, but that's slightly different than the repentance we're talking about on a, in morning and evening prayer. It's not that you're not willing, not, you don't like hold them all and be like, oh, I'm not confessing these here. It's not that. You're asking, you're repenting of all of those. But a confession that you're bringing together in your, like as you're talking about it, is also a little bit the sacrament of confession, which is, yeah, connected, but not quite the same. I will say I'm really excited about the practice accepting forgiveness, kind of like what you talked about. Well, I'm really excited about it because I think it is much easier to repent, mm. uh, but then not be taught how to move forward or yeah. what does it look like to actually accept it. So yeah. that's something that you're looking forward to. It's great. It's great. It's a, um, for those that were here, the, Stephen used an analogy in his sermon about water lapping on a rock the side of, uh, of a lake and how that takes the edges off. And if you pull that rock out, Obviously, it's not going to have all of that erosion over time, right? Um, these sorts of things, and this is why rhythm, I believe, is so important for us all. These sorts of things happen like that. It's, it's not always something we can quantify. This is what happened, and I know this is how it changed me. Sometimes it's just, I just prayed over and over again, and now it's different. 
don't, I, sometimes we don't have better words for than that. It's okay. <clears throat> Anyone else? This is kind of off topic of what we're talking about, but what are we doing for textbook readings? Are they weekly or just kind of read through the books? That's great. I have, uh, that is all part of what we'll talk about. So that I'll just do it now. <clears throat> so the primary readings for everything we do are the scripture readings in this book. I did not break down the books. So in the past, we would put like each week, read these chapters of this book. We had like under 1% of people actually do that. <laughs> and so, um, like I said, I'm not a babysitter. So I, I, the books that we have don't necessarily need to be in an order in the content we're studying through. And so I just, the textbooks themselves, the books that are on the list, um, I just encourage everyone to read them through the year. Not necessarily you have to do them in this time period. Does that make sense? Yeah. So there's no textbook reading. It's scripture reading from here. And then the additional books that we have are just read those throughout the year as, as your time allows. Uh, well, if you guys want to do it, I'll send you a, an email and it will have them all listed there. Okay, that's our daily rhythm. Do you have a question? <clears throat> Practical for me. Uh, yeah. Is this available as a download? I cannot read my own writing, and certainly nobody else can. can right. Nobody else. I will right. be doing it on. Yes. Desktop. We can. We should be able to make that. I think we have it as a PDF. I could send you. You just yeah. have to have a PDF editor. I got okay. If you got that. Okay, then I can get it to you because we've got a PDF of it all. Yeah. I mean, it's probably worth my time to actually write it out sure. myself, all, all of what I'm working from. Yeah. And not being lazy about it on the other side. No, I totally understand. Yeah, no, that's great. Thanks. Um, okay, so daily rhythm, weekly rhythm. The weekly rhythm is one, class, and two, Everyone's favorite that was in Slack or in uh, class last year was posting on Slack midweek. It was their favorite thing they did all year. And everyone did it. Every single student did it every week. Um, as you can tell by the groans, uh, it almost didn't happen at all. So uh, <laughs> there was, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, okay, so I sent you, yeah, you did talk in class, that's true. Um, <clears throat> that's true. I have given an opportunity for a weekly rhythm through Slack. Now, if you got the email, you'll see that there's a sign up for Slack. Hopefully you've received an additional email with uh, like join Corpus Christi. Those of you that had it, I didn't send you to you again. Um, if you need it again, I can do that. But um, Slack is really simple to use. I basically give you spaces to write. It's a message board. Everything you write, everyone sees in the discussion area, other than if you send me a private message um, and then that's just seen by me and that's it. And I run it. So I'm, I'm Corpus Christi on there. We have a phase one discussion group and a phase two discussion group. And what we ask is, uh, that you, Wednesday night, you take an opportunity, just a couple minutes. It, I really am asking for five minutes. That's it. 
five minutes on Wednesday night and write a reflection of how the week has gone so far on Slack, hit send. And I mean like literally like something small, like this is how my week has gone. Okay. I'm trying to make it as simple as possible. Um, additionally, it would be wonderful if you asked questions of fellow students and how they found things it would encourage discussion. Um, that might be to be too much to ask, but um, <clears throat> so that's on Wednesday night. And then we say, just take the next couple of days. You can respond to one another, right? There's apps for this. You can have it on your phone. You can have it on an iPad or tablet of any sort. So there's all different ways you can get it. It's super easy. Hopefully someone does it this year. It's not that um, it's complicated. What's that? <laughs> it's not that it's complicated. No, it was not complicated. That's true. <laughs> um, <laughs> I missed whatever it was. Oh, I thought someone said something. It wasn't intentionally sassy. No. Um, let me think of how I feel. No, I'm uh, no, I wasn't mean, meant to be sassy. Um, okay, so those are your weekly rhythms. Class, posting, reflection with, with other students on Slack. Um, you have a monthly rhythm, or at very least an opportunity for a monthly rhythm. Uh, these are not mandatory as much as they are encouraged, and that is monthly meetings with me. So uh, we are a small enough group that I can take the time to actually meet with uh, everybody. Um, here's the thing about them. Again, I'm not going to chase you down. If you don't take them, that's okay. I'm not offended. Uh, I, I would like to say I'm not offended easily. My wife would say, you're a robot. Nothing ever offends you. Um, I just don't get offended. I don't honestly care. So you could not be meeting with me because you don't like me and I'm still not offended. Um, it's okay. You don't have to meet with me, but it is an opportunity for a pastoral meeting every month through the year. I will send out, um, an opportunity for the next, over the next four weeks for you to sign up. I usually send like an Excel sheet or a Google sheets sheet, um, for you to just type your name in. I set where I'm open and have space to do it. Everyone that's online, I also do it with you. So um, you can sign up yourself. I'll send you a Zoom link and we can still have those meetings. Uh, it doesn't just have to be in person. That also includes you guys. If you are sick or you have to COVID test or there's all, all those things, we don't have to cancel meetings. We can still do Zoom meetings. Uh, we don't have to miss that. Um, but here's the thing that I ask of you for that meeting. I wasn't, I wasn't as consistent on it last year and that was mostly me, but I'm going to ask you to um, try to send me um, some notes the day before our meeting. And here's why. I want to predominantly listen in those meetings. The goal of those meetings for me, so I'm talking about corpus meetings. If you need a pastoral meeting about something different, we'll do that too. The corpus monthly meetings are specifically for me to help you see the connection points of where God is, is working. Now it won't always happen in week one, right? It's Cause I've got, I've only had one thing to reflect on from you, but normally after we've met two or three times, we can both tell, Oh, this is what the, this is what the Lord is actually focused on. And he's working on this year. In you. Um, so that's what I'm asking of you for that meeting. So you, I'll send you the opportunity to sign up, but it's up to you whether you do or not. 
Um, if I don't give you any spaces that you can actually meet with me uh, on the sheet, just contact me. I'll find another time. What I'm going to do is I'm trying to give you times that I know work for me. It doesn't mean that there's no possible way I can meet other than those times. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's the monthly. And then there's one piece for yearly rhythm. And that is testimony. So everything you're doing all year long will aid you in giving a testimony if you do it. Um, you'll have notes to go back on, things to reflect on. The meetings with me will help you put some of those pieces together of what God is doing. It's all focused towards a reflection over the year to go, oh, this is what the Lord's done. I, I said it in my prayer. I will say it a million times. We don't run corpus for corpus's sake. We run corpus because God is to be glorified and we believe that we're all supposed to do that together. And in any way that we can help you do that, we're going to do that. That's the whole point. Guys, I, for the, some of you were there, but testimony day is so fun. It is so fun. I cried like a baby. It was Zoom. So if I leaned back, you couldn't tell. I went dark. <laughs> and so it was just like, uh, I just, I cried through the entire thing. I rejoiced. It was beautiful. Testimony day is always beautiful. It's just beautiful. It's so fun. And then we gather all together, phase one and two, to hear each other's testimonies for that day again. So that'll be fun. So we get this kickoff and we get to come back together for that as well. If restrictions lift, um, I, we probably could do it anyways, but we're trying to find time, just Sarah and I, um, to just have you over also. Um, I'm terrible at, well, cooking, I already said that, but just like hospitality in general, I love people. I'm just not good at hosting. My wife is like an amazing host. She's terrible with people. No, I'm just kidding. That's not true. Uh, <laughs> that's not true, but she is shy. So that's part of it. Um, but she, she would love to just do that part and, and have you guys over and us take care of you some night to do that as well. Um, again, restrictions, we'll figure that out but we'll try and do that at some point in the year. That's not scheduled. It's not a part of the rhythm. It's just something we enjoy doing. Um, any questions about those other rhythms? So we're not starting the day-to-day -day rhythms and stuff like that this week. It'll be next week. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So it's always all the rhythms follow the first week of teaching. So, if you're here and you guys online, I'll get you your books as quick as possible. Uh, take this week to familiarize yourself as you, if you can. Um, and then we can, you know, it helps once you get into the week to all of a sudden go, oh yeah, right. Then this, and then this. Um, so if you can go through it a few times, not to write anything, but just being familiar with it, it it'll help. Um, and that's it. We've got 31 weeks roughly. Uh, the schedule, I'll send out like an actual um, full schedule on Slack. I try to use Slack for all of that stuff. So let's get you on it so that you can receive the information there. Um, there will be weeks we don't meet, but there will still be a class to watch. Okay, so for it to be in a decent time period and to keep the rhythm, there's got to be a follow through on that side of it. So the only break that we take... Um, is over Christmas. And so there's two weeks over Christmas where there isn't any classes or anything. Um, and we don't, 
I, it was an oversight last year. This year we intended, we intentionally didn't put it in here because it's again, adding to a already big book. Um, there's no even like daily rhythm for that. We're going to try and get you something just printed out from the church here. So you still can follow the rhythm for those two weeks. Um, but just, it won't be in the book is the only thing. Okay. Yeah. Is um, this program specific or unique to Corpus or is it, does it fall into the it's so it's very similar to that in the prayers. I, I use some different ones from BCP than they do at times, but it's very similar to that as far as the morning and evening. The only difference are the scripture readings. So the scripture readings are based on the classes that we take for Corpus, whereas theirs are seasonal. Uh, so they follow the lectionary that's in the BCP. Yeah. Uh, now that you brought that up, um, another encouragement is that if you get into this rhythm, you don't have to stop. It's, it's actually the, the rhythm of the church in prayer. And so uh, you can hold, you want to hold up your BCP. That's a 2019 BCP. That's what it's based on. And you could get one of those, or you could get the little booklet that, that Corinne just had uh, that we have downstairs that simplifies it for you. That one has all the prayers the smaller one is already simplified for you, it would be consistent in the same rhythm for the rest of the year. So you don't actually ever have to come out of that year. All you would need is a journal to write out your stuff, your thoughts and meditations and stuff, because that's not uh, right in there. So that's part of why we use this is I don't, I didn't want to create something that then it's done and you don't, and what now what? <laughs> oh, I found this new thing. That's great. But now what am I supposed to do? we just leaned back into the rhythms of the church for the last 1500 years and, and followed their way. And so now you have something that you can continue from that point on. Um, and you won't actually have to miss a beat um, once Corpus is done. Um, let me think, is there anything else? Any other questions as I'm thinking? Uh, then the last thing I'll say is um, if you haven't yet, uh, it'd be good for you to fill out the application form online just so that we have your proper information. That way we keep everything together. It automatically goes into our contacts, all of that stuff. So it just keeps it all in one place. Um, so whether you haven't because you were deciding or you haven't because you just haven't, um, just if you could fill that out and send it to me, that'd be great. It automatically comes to me just hitting send on the website. Um, what's the other thing? Oh, Amos runs our finances and you can email myself or Amos to help set up payments or whatever else is needed um, on that front. As far as tuition goes, we are that we do not make that the make or break. Okay. So we do encourage you. I actually think it's part of the discipleship journey. Uh, usually if people don't put money behind it, they don't care about it. Uh, and so we actually, we've, we went around the band a million times on this, but we've kept it the way it is intentionally because I actually think it's part of discipling people into, into good Christians moving forward. Um, and so, um, we encourage you to do that. And we would like that set up early because we get to the end of the year and then everyone goes, Oh, I can't believe it, take, it took me all year and now I'm behind. I'm so sorry. Just let's just get it done now. And then we don't have to worry about it. And it's not a big deal, but it doesn't have to be like, you're not having to pay everything up front. 
What can you do? Great, let's work with that, okay? That's, that's how we work this. So let's talk about that. Let's work that out um, together. If you haven't already, if you've already done that, that's great. Um, but it'll be myself or Amos that will be in contact with you uh, if you send a message about it so that we can have a conversation. We'll, we'll just talk with you about it to help you figure those things out. Anything else? No? Okay. Then I'm going to pray. We'll be done for today. I probably went way longer than I said I was going to. Oh, so much longer. I was hoping to keep it to an hour. <clears throat> okay. That won't be the last time I do that. Just so heads up. If I'm teaching, I get excited and long-winded and it just happens. So, Father, it's good to be your people. It's so, so good to be loved by you. God, I ask right now that anything that you have taught me, given to me as a grace uh, through the rhythms of the church, through reflection, scripture reading, prayer, anything you've given me and so much more, I pray you give to each person here. God, I ask that you would just ignite a fire in their devotional life for you. That they would feel drawn constantly to spending more time with you. To seeking out who you are, to getting to know you, to worshiping you, to proclaiming you, to living sacrificially for you. God, would you do all that you want to do in us? Would you make each one of us a living and active member of the body of Christ in all of our own settings? Sanctify us. Set us apart, oh God for a holy work this year. Let's just end by praying the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Thanks, guys. Bless you. And uh, next week, we're back to our regular time. So all phase one is still at one o'clock. And phase two is at 3.30. Everything's in here this year. Yeah. 3.30. Yeah. 3.30. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we'll push me to be done by three in phase one. And then there's a little bit of uh, time for you guys to cross paths. But as was the case last year, usually phase two waits outside the door until phase one's actually done. But we're going to work our best to not do that. So...
Okay, that's all I got. Thanks, guys. Have a great week. And uh, I'll send a few things out to you, schedules, pastoral signups, uh, and please send those applications to me if you, if you have them. I have all of your stuff. So yeah, it's more for people I didn't have their, their info. Which I'll send you a, a link. I thought I added you already, but I'm I it's my problem. So that means I haven't added you to a channel. There'll be another one show up that says phase two discussions and it should just show up. And that's where we would do all the writing. Yeah. So I'll, I'll do that. I'll make you do that. Thank you. See you guys. Hey, let me just make sure I don't forget what I have to do for her. It's uh, Slack discussion board. Okay. So far. Yeah. 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 Thank
changing quite Hey, see you, man. Hey, you too, Josh. Hey. He said you were going to give a lot of more. I mean, an eight well, is what you were just driving. That was an eight. So that's where of all of the things that's kind of cool in the anyway. 
I'm a few days old. Yeah. I am 65. Yeah. Been around for a while. I think I've looked young. Like this isn't this isn't Okay, well, I'll do something. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. 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 Yeah.
So, where I was living, it's literally right around the corner. Okay, we'll see you later. Anyway, so I better get going. Good, good, good. Good, good, good. How are you, young lady? Yeah. 